This episode is brought to you by Fetch. Fetch is a kennel alternative right here in Denver, not a traditional doggy daycare or boarding school. They offer one-on-one private pet care for all kinds of pets, both furry and non-furry. And their employees are experienced, insured, bonded, and background checked. So you can rest easy knowing your pet is in good hands. Basically, they know pets. Um, I used to watch a Burmese mountain dog named Sven, who was just like walking a polar bear. It was insane. (laughs) Fetch offers pet sitting, dog walking, pet taxi, medication administration, and more. And he hated going on walks. I could like walk him around the block and then he was like, he just like to lay in the bathtub. So if you're looking for high quality pet care you can trust, check out Fetch at northdenver.fetchpetcare.com. That's northdenver.fetchpetcare.com. Today on CityCast Denver, is Denver really unsafe or are some candidates for mayor just wanting us to believe that it is? We're looking past the hysteria and digging into all the local stories that mattered this week with one of our favorite returning guests. Plus, what's the problem with dog poop? The poop or the complaining? Today is Friday, March 10th. I'm Paul Caroli and here's what Denver's talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city that is still celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Eisenhower Tunnel. The official day was Wednesday, but I'm sure people are still out there just raging, raging, 36 hours of partying. Eisenhower Tunnel, yeah! (laughs) Wait, what's the Eisenhower Tunnel? It's that big tunnel on I-70. It's the tunnel you have to go through to get to the mountains. Joanne, wow. No, I do know what the Eisenhower Tunnel is. Uh, Paul, I thought you were going to say we're still celebrating the Avs Stanley oh. Cup win. I did too. That's, That's really I, where I thought we were going with that. Um, I think they got to, you know, it's new season. They got to they prove it again. If they want, if they want to be celebrated, they got to win another one. That's, well, that's my current position. And they're not going to, but hey. Yeah, it's not looking no, great. It's not looking good. <laughs> Too many injuries. Mm. Um, but yeah, Eisenhower Tunnel, 50th anniversary. That's something, right? It, I mean, it's how it, it's one of those things that we utilize regularly as Coloradans, and if we didn't have it, it would really suck. So, well, are, are people really it's worth celebrating? Uh, are they really celebrating? Are no, you being Paul's facetious? Being <laughs> Paul. I couldn't tell. I, I think they had a press conference at the tunnel like a couple of days ago, but yeah. they were like, "Happy birthday, big hole in the mountain!" <laughs> Thanks. That gets often gets uh, clogged up and. <laughs> Uh, close down and not use. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, all right. Well, you've heard their voices a little bit. I'll introduce everybody. Um, our regular host, Bree Davies, is here. Bree, welcome. Hi. And we have one of our favorite returning guests. Uh, she was a longtime host on Colorado Public Radio, now writes a column for the Denver Post, and makes the excellent podcast, Been There, Done That. Joanne Allen is back. Welcome back. Hey, y'all. So, so good to see you, Joy. So glad you're it's, back. You know, this is one of my favorite things to do in all of Denver. I have oh. to admit, I get a little nervous before I come. I really do. We make you nervous. No, you guys don't make me nervous. I oh, make okay. myself nervous. <laughs> and I get a little nervous. But then when I'm in the Uber heading up Lincoln, I start to relax. And oh then I gosh. see your faces, and I'm so happy to be here because it's fun. It's, you know, you should, folks, if you get a chance to be on CityCast Denver, <laughs> do it. <laughs> Well, we love you. We're glad you're we're glad you're here. 
Yeah. Um, before we get to the stuff we're going to really dig into today, I have a couple of pieces of business that we need to talk about. Um, one is a clarification from our movie episode earlier this week when I talked to our newsletter editor, Adrian Gonzalez. I said... Samuel D. Hunter, the screenwriter behind The Whale, which is up for a Oscar this Sunday. I said he's a Coloradan. This is not the case. He is not from here. He's from Idaho, Moscow, Idaho. Moscow. Really? I believe so. I've played there one time. I played Moscow. a house show there one time. I'm pretty sure they say Moscow. Okay. Well, that's good to know. He does have that Colorado connection where that play was workshopped at DCPA back in 2011. But um, if you preferred one of those other movies, feel free to cheer against him. I do want to shout out our our sister podcast out there in Idaho's CityCast Boise. I think they called you out on this. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they might have a little bit. <laughs> They're great. Um, if you have friends in Boise or if you've ever been to Boise, it's a great listen. But mm-hmm. they didn't tell you how to pronounce the city that well, the writers from? They, I, we'll have to double check with Frankie and Emma. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's but I'm right. pretty sure. They um they didn't know that I was going to get that one wrong yet. Um, <laughs> Joanne, are you excited to watch the uh, Academy Awards this Sunday? I am not. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I just, I, those awards shows and certain things that I used to pay a lot of attention to and enjoy tremendously just don't hold any interest for me anymore. I'm okay with finding out who won the next day or the day after that or mm. even the day after that. But um, no, I'm... I don't even know who's nominated, to tell you the truth. (laughs) And I used to follow that stuff religiously. Well, listeners, if you are one of those people who still does follow that stuff religiously or just passively curious, we we did have a really fun episode. Me and Adrian talked all about movies, local movie news um, earlier this week. Go back and find that in the feed. The other piece of business, much more exciting, we are co-hosting an event in April. If you haven't heard about Mortified, Mortified is a great national events program. They have a podcast. I think they made a TV show. And it's a show where where people get up and they read from their childhood journals and diaries and share secrets and stuff. And on April 13th, listeners, you have the opportunity to see Brie live (laughs) do that. So David Blatt, who hosts Mortified here in Denver, um, actually came to my house last week and picked up my childhood journals because he goes through them and finds the juicy stuff for you. And I am terrified and excited to see what I'm going to be reading out loud to uh, our Denver audience. I would love to see you all out there. It's at the Oriental Theater, April 13th. Um, I was, as you can imagine, an extremely dramatic teenager. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't wait to hear it's it. It's going to be some good stuff. It's oh gonna my be some goodness! Good He's not telling you what you're going to read. Well, yet? right before, like before, we'll do a, a practice run. We'll do a run through. But he helps you kind of pick the things that he thinks would be most wow. fun. Can you veto him? I'm sure. I'm if it's sure too I much, can. I, I mean, mean, I'm not worried. I gave him to him. So okay. I know. <laughs> you know what's in there. I also gave him a book of songs and poems I wrote that are horrendous. Hopefully I'll get to read some of those from my 13-year-old self. The early 90s for Brie Davies was a rough time, I guess, just being a teenager. But Oh my goodness. You Folks, you got to go to that. That's <laughs> so, Check I out can't what, what Brie was like when she oh, was a preteen so and teenager. So dramatic. Um, but listeners, we need your help too. Do you Dear listener, have a hilariously angsty journal entry, poem, or letter that you wrote as a kid? If so, leave us a voicemail or email us a picture, and you might be featured on the podcast and win a pair of tickets to see Bree do the same. Angsty. 
angsty. Mm-hmm. I want angst. I want cringe. Yes, want, please. The more uh, ridiculous details, the better. <laughs> <laughs> and if it, if there's a Denver twist on it, like maybe a Casa Bonita story, that would be, uh, you might have a little, uh, you might have a better chance of winning. Um, so yeah, we're going to have all the links you need in the show notes. Our phone number, the uh, the Teenage Angst hotline is 720-500-5418. Um, check out the show notes for all the information you need. Let's get into our main topic yes. for today. We've been talking about the mayor's race for weeks now. Uh, the election is on April 4th. This week, though, one issue really came to the forefront of the race. And uh, I'll say there, there's a new poll out from public policy polling that found that only 15% of Denverites are satisfied with the city's current approach to public safety and crime. Um, that's according to the Denver Post, which has, along with the rest of the media, put the question of safety front and center in this race. It's been a focus of almost every debate. We've been talking to candidates about it in our ongoing interview series, Mayoral Madness. Um, but maybe we're thinking about it all wrong. Uh, Chase Woodruff of Colorado Newsline wrote a really long, detailed piece where he's sort of looked at it from a different angle. And I think we should talk it out. What what does safety mean right now in Denver? First of all, the piece is a treatise. I mean, that thing is really comprehensive. Uh, so I, I highly recommend after this discussion that if you haven't read it, uh, go to Colorado Newsline and check it out because mm-hmm. it's really, really good. Yeah, I agree. But what do we think? What 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 was what is safety? I mean, we we'll dig into the piece and some specifics. But well, that's kind of what I liked about Chase's piece was he looked at these different ideas of safety because when we it's so it's just this like blob that I feel particularly in this moment mayoral candidates shape into whatever they want public safety to mean or be and Chase really looks at things like traffic deaths dangerous areas of the city where it's dangerous to be a pedestrian or a cyclist or you know what I mean or even just a bus rider crossing to get to your bus stop Um, he doesn't just look at um, theft and murder rates. And these are all part of this mm-hmm. conversation. But I appreciated that he expanded the definition of safety in a way that I've actually not seen a lot of candidates do. Uh, Molly McKinley from Denver Streets Partnership is quoted heavily in here. She does a great job of it. They are always railing on this. We have to talk about public safety when it comes to pedestrians and traffic. But I just... I'm disappointed reading this. I'm disappointed in what I haven't seen on the campaign trail. Hmm. Well, it's extremely difficult to define safety because safety depends on who you are. Mm. There are folks who are who feel unsafe just simply passing a homeless encampment. Mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, I don't feel unsafe. And there are people who feel super safe if they pass a couple of police cars and officers. I don't necessarily. I feel a little less safe in thoughts that they, you know, might say something to me or demand something. So it's it's tough to wrap your arms around what safety really and truly is. Therefore, you have to look at it, I think, as a huge definition, a definition that encompasses everything that makes different communities feel safe or not safe. Um, so it's, yeah, you picked a tough one to talk about because I don't know how 
the 17,000 candidates who are running for mayor <laughs> mm-hmm. can can really give us a sense of what they would do or how they would be or or who would they listen to? I I, I don't know. It just feels like this amorphous blob mm-hmm. that's difficult. Now, I'm not saying let's not tackle it or right. deal with it. I just... My head explodes sometimes when I think about these issues. Well, there's this push and pull, too, with a lot of the candidates in particular about more police, less police, different types of, you know, we hear this, quote, community policing conversation, which I think is very complicated and nuanced in a way that is not actually being addressed because community and policing, to me, don't always go together. Um, I loved in this piece, um, Chase talked to Alex Landau, who uh, is co-director of the Denver Justice Project. His story has been pretty well known, but he uh, had a situation where he was beat by three white police officers. He's a man of color. But his quote is, the image of red and blue lights and a badge and a gun and impunity to the criminal justice system is a PTSD trigger for me. And that is hmm. a mirrored experience for many community members, black, brown, indigenous, even lower income white. So I, I'm with him in that like, I don't, I don't know if we're on the same page about what, safety means. I've heard a lot of candidates talk about extension of the STAR program, which we've talked extensively about on this show. I'm a huge supporter of expanding the STAR program. And and that's the program where 911 responders are, instead of police, uh, the city's sending mental health Clinicians. Clinicians. Yes. Because what we found and and the data will show a lot of folks call 911 in situations where they don't need police. They just need help. Yeah. And so... I don't know. I'm with you, Joanne. It's it's huge. It's amorphous, but it needs to be dealt with. And I think I don't know how I, I agree. It's hard. Well, you know, a lot of folks are freaked out about car thefts yes. in, in Denver. And that is really and truly a big to do, because even when I just go on the I think it's called Neighborhood Next or Next Neighborhood Next Door. App, Next Door. Thank you. App. That's all I see. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of, of I the avoid problem. that app for that is, reason. <laughs> and, you know, I'm starting to avoid it because I thought, OK, I get it. And I'm sorry your car was stolen. <laughs> but that is, in fact, a, a big, big issue that I do think need to be addressed because many of the cars that are stolen are cars that are or, or parts taken from those cars are cars that are two thousand dollars or less, I think, in value. Who do they belong to? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be somebody living in Cherry Creek North, which I, some of my best friends live in Cherry <laughs> Creek North, but it's going to be people who really can ill afford to lose their vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that that issue knows no boundaries. That issue knows no delineations in terms of who you are. But another thing that I think a lot of people feel and are concerned about is um, just general felonies. One of the things that I read in, in the article is that, uh, believe it or not, Denver's homicide rate declined yeah. to 12.4 per 100,000 residents in 2022. It was 20 per 100,000 in the late 80s and early 90s. I think that points out one of the problems that we're feeling right now is like, this is the worst Denver has ever mm-hmm. been. No, it's not. Crime and lawlessness is cyclical. So my feeling is that we need to attack these issues, but let's not get all crazy and think, oh, this is an issue, uh, uh, crime is an issue that cannot be solved. It just, it comes and goes. Much like race relations and poverty and all kinds of things, 
we we need to work on those things, but let's not get caught up into thinking it is the it's worst, the worst I've it's ever, ever been. Yeah, it's ever been. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really, I mean, it's a hard problem for the reasons you all have laid out, but that like perception issue is where, yes, where yes. I landed on this is yeah. who is, what does safety mean to different people? And like, the 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 cyclical nature of of crime and violence and the perception problems and the media problems i don't i came to it like i don't know that this needs to be that big of a priority i mean 88 people dying of violent crimes is awful each one of those is a tragedy but maybe the mayor should be focusing on like emphasizing the great things about our city like maybe the priority should be economic development more than crime regulations or the star program or I don't know, Bree. Do you think that safety should be the priority? I think it's the you're going. You're you're saying what I think is really the biggest problem is like safety is about perception. Mm -hmm. To me, safety and security are kind of an illusion. They are what we want them to be. It's like when you see a locked door in an apartment building, that's an illusion of safety because I can walk up to it and someone will probably let me in. You know what I mean? So it's like it's really a complex and complicated thing. I think the thing that I'm struggling with in particular in this moment about um, the public safety conversation is who is the public? Who is supposed to be safe? And I've heard this from a lot of candidates equating crime to um, unhoused folks, these connections between being unhoused, maybe having uh, mental health issues or substance use issues. It's all like getting jumbled up into this conversation. And I think to me, the focus should be on housing, um, supportive housing, things that get that give kids more things to do. I'll tell you, I know in my neighborhood in particular, youth violence is a problem. My my councilwoman talks about it a lot. And she talks about how our kids need more things to do, places to go, supportive systems. You know, we're talking about schools closing in neighborhoods. I mean, there's all these things that are our neighborhoods are lacking all of a sudden. And I think that that should be the focus more than anything. But if we want to talk about that equation, equating unhoused people to crime, house people. Let's just start there. Mm -hmm. And also, I think the data has showed that unhoused folks, unhoused folks are actually more likely to be victims of crime. Exactly. And the people that are perceiving it are people that are walking by the situation and they're upset by what they're seeing. They're not walking by it. They're rolling by it in their cars. Sure. Sure. You know, they are seeing something that doesn't look pleasant, granted, but it's really not affecting them, you know? Right. Um, But I agree with you. I think that the one of the biggest issues is housing stability and also helping kids to live through these difficult times yeah. by giving them stuff to do, by feeding supporting them at school, them and supporting like, them in whatever way they need to be supported so that they do not grow up with that sense of despair that, that just only drags them down into crime and more poverty, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Um, there's one more quote from the story. But I do like, I have to admit, yeah. I have to admit, I do like also talking up Denver. I, I don't know if yeah, I heard Paul, very point. much of that going on at some of the mayoral forums that I've heard. It's all about the problems. It's I killing mean, we've me. We've got pro- it's, oh, it's killing me. Well, oh, it's, honey. I mean, sorry, really? but go on, go on, sorry, finish your. Finish no, it's part. it's all I hear all about the problems, problems and I and I, I we do need to address problems, but I think we also got to look on the bright side of things, if you will, like like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I really don't get it. Like Jared Polis just cruised to victory last November, 
talking about how great Colorado is, trying to make things a little bit better. That was his message. Mayor Hancock won two re-elections on this same thing of just like, let's try to make things a little bit better. I don't know why there are no candidates who are saying Denver's an awesome place. Let's make it a little bit better incrementally. I don't understand why that hasn't been a strategy that anyone's taking up. I feel like that would really set you apart from all this doom and gloom you hear from everybody else. Well, I think that CityCast Denver should call up each and every mayoral candidate and ask them, why don't you talk about things that are uplifting? Can you get that done by Tuesday or Wednesday? (laughs) We are a very small team. (laughs) We got one coming in this afternoon. I mean, I won't say who because you never know what's going to happen, but... See what listeners will hear this uh, this weekend. Maybe we'll ask him. Yeah, you'll hear from someone. Yeah, Um, yeah, I agree with you, Paul. And I think um, that would be a solutions thing too. Mm -hmm. If there were more solutions presented in a positive light versus harping on this downtown's a hole, and (laughs) you know, because I mean, I I don't want to also sidestep the fact that some folks do feel unsafe in certain ways. Where like you may have been accosted by somebody downtown. Like, that sucks. I get that. It's not fun. I mean, riding the bus has, you know, I've heard stories. It's been really hard. I just think that there's just like these bigger, these underlying problems that we need to deal with that would solve a lot of these other issues. And that's really like supporting people and figuring out better ways to get folks into secure, safe housing and programs that could maybe help them with mental health issues and all these other things. I also wonder, and this is really pie in the sky, if it would be a good idea if we had two mayors. Hmm. You know, someone who is the traditional politician who knows how to get certain things done, et cetera, et cetera. And then another person who is really focusing on the true needs, not the wants, but the true needs of communities that are downcast now. Interesting. Interesting idea. I mean, we could see that in someone's cabinet if they are elected and they choose to maybe hire one of their one of the other candidates to be that liaison or yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. possibility. Or maybe we take on more of like the like the British government system where they have a head of state but then they have a head of government. <laughs> So you have the royal who's like in charge of inspiring the nation, but then you have the person who's like actually just like signs the papers and makes the decisions and stuff. Well, you know, I, I, a couple of months or so ago, I would have said Charles was available, but <laughs> he's now the top dude there. But um, yeah, I just, it sometimes feels like what a mayor has to do is too much for one person to be really and truly where the buck stops. Hmm. Just want to make one more point and come back to this conversation about traffic and public safety mm-hmm. um since hancock has been in office they've implemented this vision zero project which was supposed to cut down on traffic deaths and it's actually increased so that's something right there that could be done immediately um when we talk about city budgets maybe where we put that money the public safety money maybe some of it needs to go into making you know bus lanes or making these uh, wider pedestrian crossings, these safer, you know what I mean? These these like not huge infrastructure changes, but like pretty minor changes that you could make to a lot of neighborhoods. Speed limits. I mean, really simple stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess I just, I say that because I want folks to think about public safety as a wider spectrum than just what you think about when you think about crime. Yeah. And for reference, the data backs that up. Um, this is according to Chase's piece, but um, Denver recorded 88 homicides in 2022 and 82 traffic deaths. Yeah, that's pretty comparable. Pretty similar. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
I must have read that, but I, I, for some reason, I'm, I'm almost hearing it for the first. That's amazing. That it's that close, yeah. Yeah. Based on how I mean, people talk really, about these things. And nobody's talking about that as mm-hmm. like these being similar problems yeah. that are leading to terrible outcomes and how we could do some sort of harm reduction approaches, making it easier and safer for pedestrians to exist in this city, for cyclists, for, you know what I mean, for everybody. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to keep emphasizing the positives and talking about safety, whatever that means. But for now, we're going to take a quick break and move on to a very fun conversation, something else entirely. All right. And we're back. Uh, For this second segment today, I want to start with a voicemail we got recently from a listener. Hey, y'all. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Wanted to know, uh, I'm I'm Daniel from from, uh, Spons Lake area. I wanted to know, um, I've been noticing a lot more people just, like, not picking up after their dogs. I want to know, like, what's up? Like, why are people feeling the need to, uh, you know, just uh, not take take care of their neighborhoods? Yeah, I want to know your... uh, Thoughts and opinions on it. Uh, thanks. Uh, great job with the show. You know, take care. Bye. Well, thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. For calling in. Also, I'm with you on this, and Joanne is so with you. She just wrote an op-ed about it for the Denver Post. Joanne. I am feeling this, yes. I, I. It makes me really mad to see someone not pick up their dog's poop when it is just so easy to do. Now, some of my best friends are dog owners. I don't own a dog myself, but I, I learned how to love dogs and actually lived with one a few years ago. My roommate had a dog named Josh, a sweet little Springer Spaniel, who I just began to adore to the point of where it, it didn't bother me to help him be a, a good doggy citizen by picking up his poop, no matter what it looked like or felt like or smelled like, I picked it up because I felt that was my responsibility to be a, a good and true lover of this dog to do my civic duty and pick up poop. I agree that more and more people seem not to be doing it. And I don't know if this is a post-pandemic thing. Oh, no, no, no. Or just what's going on. I wrote a similar op-ed to yours probably seven or eight years ago, Joanne, and Uh, the problem was still the same. So it's coming back around. Is it worse, worse than seven or eight years ago? Or It, It feels like it's been consistently a problem to me. And you know the thing that really kills me is when I see somebody who's walking a dog on a leash and there's a plastic bag tied on the leash, and they still don't pick it up. That is wild you know, to me. Or there are free bags within sight of, of the dog. I regularly fill the free bag thing at my park mm. with plastic bags because I'm such a freak about picking up your dog poop. Like, you got to do it. Yeah. I, I think that the struggle I have is I try to get into the psychology of the person that doesn't pick up the poop, and I cannot figure out, is it a... Uh, is it like a you think you're better than everybody else and you don't have to pick up your poop? Are you someone whose mommy did everything for them so you think somebody else is going to come along and pick up the poop? Or are you just like a brazen jerk? Like why would you do that? Let me lay out a situation for you here. Please, Paul. Because I've been thinking about this. Please, Paul. So you're walking your dog. Your dog's doing his business. You get a call. Your mom's in the hospital. Emergency oh, geez, surgery. Paul. You got to run to the hospital. You can't stop and pick up the poop before no, you do no time. that? No time. 
not a priority. Doesn't that stuff happen? I mean, Speak if to that, that person. was the case, doesn't stuff come up? Like, what? Those who cares are about those dog are the poop? people I'm concerned about because because Joanne sees them. I uh, that's yeah. what I love is in your piece you talk about seeing and like confronting. I people. actually see them, and I have three categories in which people oh, respond <laughs> whenever I feel safe enough and I have to admit I don't speak to everyone but when I feel safe enough to ask why aren't you picking up your dog's poop and this is what has made me ask it less and less is there's either the reaction of they are angry and threatening or they're shy and act sheepish and come up with some really ridiculously silly excuse or they just simply ignore me I can be talking to them and they just, it's like I'm not there. So I don't know how to reach people to 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 make them, because everyone that I reach or have reached out to, they still don't pick it up. The thing that I think about is we have to know these people. Every So many people in Denver have dogs. These are not strangers. These have to be people that are our friends. Mm-hmm. I, I will say... Some people will say, oh, well, I just don't I don't have a plastic bag available. Well, they make rolls of compostable dog poop bags that you can, like you said, hang on your leash. Um, (laughs) My friend Kia, who walks my dog, sometimes says I have to use those because if you leave me with a King Supers bag, I have never met a King Supers bag that doesn't have a hole in it. So I'm not using that to pick up poop. (laughs) Maybe that's maybe that's the problem. All your King Supers bags have holes in them and you can't pick up poop with them. But but yeah, I just it just feels like a common it's like a shared space decency thing. It kind of reminds me of when you have roommates and somebody doesn't do the dishes and everybody's like, I wonder who it is. Well, you all look at that person. It's mm -hmm. like they're in the park with us. They're the same people. I am a dog owner. I I I remember one time when I didn't have a bag because my dog pooped three times on a walk. Yeah. The Catholic guilt in me was so intense. <laughs> I went home and got a bag and came, came back, back and picked wow. it up. Wow. You not to citizen. You. Not to say I'm a model citizen, but it's just not that hard. And no. I don't think you should have a dog if you can't pick up their dog poop. Sorry. I agree. And no one walks their dog and it's a surprise that right. they're going to poop. You're you generally know, walking them so they can get poop. Have, right, exactly. So that's that that excuse of, uh, I don't have anything to pick it up with. It's just is baloney. It's baloney, because but, you could also, if you if you if you are a a, a good person, <laughs> you can also say I'm really coming back to pick it up. You know, mm-hmm. and, and who just knows? announce it to the park. But if you if you say that nine times out of ten, you are probably going to come back and pick it up. I I want to bring up something you talked about in your piece though, which is like the sort of biohazardous nature of poop. Is like we yeah. shouldn't have poop out in the world because it's not good for people, pets, kids, carries around a lot of bacteria. It's disgusting. I remember, gosh, probably five or so years ago, we had a park, a dog park in Denver closed by the city because people wouldn't pick up their dog poop at the dog park. It became such a biohazardous waste situation that they had to close the freaking park that the city had created for your dogs. So let's talk about the the bacteria stuff here. Why is it concerning to you, Joanne? Well, uh, there are parasites in bacteria that can stay in the soil for years. Gross. Yes, which means pets and and children who play outside and others are at risk of contamination. There's um, 
heartworms and tapeworms and hookworms and all kinds of worms in that excrement, which obviously no one really wants to ingest at any point by it getting on their hands or just accidentally on the clothing or whatever. And some people think that dog poop is a fertilizer. Oh, no. It's not. No. Cow manure is a fertilizer because cows eat plant material. Dogs eat all kinds of stuff uh-huh. mm-hmm. and not so great stuff. Mm-hmm. And that what is in the dog's leavings. And, uh, you know, poop can throw off an ecosystem's balance, especially when it's in heavily populated areas or near bodies of water because the poop oh, yeah. can go down into the water and Gross. it can contaminate it. I mean, there's a myriad of reasons to be a model citizen, to be a good person, to be someone who really shows that you care and love your dog. You, I, If you don't pick up their poop, I don't want to hear it. You ain't good. <laughs> you is bad. Like, you know, sometimes I'll go, bad dog, bad dog. <laughs> You're like, bad person. I, yeah, I just don't want to do it. Maybe I'll try that. <laughs> Be like, bad person. Bad hey. person. Bring a, hey. a squirt bottle, yeah. a spray bottle. Yeah, spray yeah. Hey. For the, right, right. Or get a rolled up newspaper, if you can find a newspaper, <laughs> and pop them on the nose, yeah. Um, well, I'd like to continue to play devil's advocate on okay. this one. Denver does not lead the country in dog ownership. But what Denver does lead the country in is complaining about dog poop. According to really? a 2021 study from Protect My Paws, uh, this was quoted in the Denver Post, Colorado <laughs> recorded 15.4 tweets annually per 100,000 population with poop-related keyword complaints. Only that's, 15? That's the metric. Apparently. Apparently. Um, so, yeah, what do, you, what do you say to that? To Denver, Denver's just a bunch of whiners when it comes to dog poop. I would say walk around a park. Yeah. Get out of your car. That's what (laughs) I would say. Walk around your neighborhood. Yeah. Some Mm -hmm. neighborhoods are worse than others for sure. I was a dog walker for a long time and a dog sitter. And (laughs) I saw so much poop. Like just stray. I It's... That yeah. would be my response, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go outside of your house. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I live in a large apartment building, and we have just a little strip of, of grass, very little strip of grass. It is full all the time. The poor super in my building has to clean that all up. And there is there are bags there, disposable biodegradable bags, and a waste can. So how hard and is it? And you just, you know— you, it's not hard. It's not difficult. But I also wanted to say that we have a lot of dogs in this city. Mm-hmm. We have more dogs than children. Mm-hmm. The Parks Department says that. Which is crazy. I mean, people love dogs. There are about 158,000 dogs and about 140,000 children. Now, I see children all the time. So I'm thinking... <laughs> Wow, there are more dogs than these little creatures that are running around. Uh huh. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it too. You can't. You cannot go for a decent walk in any park, especially in the grassy area, and not encounter not just goose poop, but lots of dog poop. Hmm. So if you're one of these people, doesn't pick up your dog poop. I want to hear why. Yeah, <laughs> you can leave us an anonymous voicemail: seven two zero five zero zero five four one eight. And explain to Joanne and I why you are not inclined to be a responsible adult and pick up after <laughs> your animal. And leave your address. And I will bring a bunch <laughs> okay, of right. Boomhauer's poop over <laughs> to your house. 
Um, that's a good idea, Bree. I, I look forward to hearing those anonymous voicemails. I um, do too. I, I just I I, so, I want to know because I it's know just so annoying. I'm, what is wrong I'm with you? What is wrong with you? I am baffled. All right, all right, all right. Um, I think that's plenty of poop talk for today. We've got to take one more short break, but then, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. What's up, weather fam? Rain or shine, I'm Andy Stein here with CityCast Denver Weather. Hey, this weekend looking much better in terms of the temperatures compared to what we had earlier this week. Highs are going to be in the 50s to low to mid 60s, both Saturday and Sunday. Sunday will be the cooler of the two days. We do have a couple of rain showers possible Saturday and Sunday. Those warm temperatures are going to keep it all as rain, no snow in the forecast. But if you do head up in the high country, a couple of snow showers are going to be around. Overall, we are heading into our warmer months, so that means we will be talking about more showers and a little bit less about snow, but you do know that March and April are some of our snowiest months here. Hey, if you're looking for more weather coverage, go ahead and search for me on any social platforms. Just look for Rain or Shine. I'm Andy Stein, and you can find me. Enjoy the weekend. It's going to be pretty nice out there, but yeah, have that umbrella handy just in case you encounter one of those sporadic showers that's going to be moving on by. Y'all enjoy. Andy kicked off the weekend, so you know it's time for the official CityCast Denver maybe for your weekend, as in maybe you'll see us there, because as usual, there are so many cool things happening in Denver this weekend, and we have opinions. Joanne, you're excited about this? Best part of the show. (laughs) Me too. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. Um, Adrian Gonzalez rounds up his best bets in our newsletter, Hey Denver, every week, and he's here to give us his top picks. Adrian? Hey, team. Hey, Adrian. Howdy. Howdy. Hey, Joanne, that's a lot. That's a boat of confidence. I don't know if I can live up to that. Let's <laughs> oh, try. you can, baby. You Let's can. Try. <laughs> Go ahead. You should be on the show every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bring it on, folks. Adrian. What do we got? First what event we got? we've got, uh, Denver Restaurant Week is wrapping up this week. Oh, we got yeah. three more days of it, today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Uh, so there's 200 restaurants participating, and each of them has three levels that you can, that you can participate at. $25, $35, $45. You get a three-course meal, special prefix menus. Um, yeah, what do y'all think? I already have a place picked out. I'm going to go this weekend, so oh. for sure. Main Shack, which is the lobster roll. I love that place. The lobster oh, cool. roll place hmm. in a little area some people call low high. Hmm. Uh, you get a lobster roll, you get chips, you get like a, I think you get like a blueberry pastry for 35 bucks. Their rolls, I think, on their own are usually 35 bucks, so. Wow. It's a pretty sweet deal. What is the thing behind Denver Restaurant Week? I mean, are there? Can you get like really, really yes. high end food yes. for forty five dollars? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the cool part about Restaurant Week is you could try a restaurant you maybe wouldn't otherwise go to because it seems too expensive. You could try their their menu for Restaurant Week at at that price point, and that might be the one time you go there. Yeah. That you know this year. Yeah. So, I'm not going to the most fancy place. I'm just going to the place that. Has seafood yeah, but Main Shack has great stuff. Oh, one of the few it. places that you can get lobster, good lobster, good in lobster Denver. roll, and and it's not usually cheap. So this is a this is a good deal. Is it flown in fresh from Cape Cod? I think it swims all the way here, Joanne. <laughs> all right, all right, okay, okay. Restaurant week—that's a pretty good option. What else we got here? Right, we three days left of that. Uh, tonight, uh, or actually, I should say, it, it kicked off a little early this morning. But uh, the Denver Botanic Garden has its ninth annual Tree Diversity Conference. Tree so if you are an arborist, a tree lover, they have a bunch of experts coming in th- from around the world to talk about tree diversity and what we could do 
to increase it here in, in Denver and, the, and its impacts. Calling all foliage freaks. That's very foliage interesting. Freaks. That is interesting. Sounds like a compelling and thought-provoking program. Is it going to be outside, or do you know? Uh, inside, outside, it starts at six hours long at the Denver Botanic Gardens. Uh, I think part of it is you go through the gardens yeah. and, and talk check out the trees and hear for different yeah. experts. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Like a guided tour of the gardens. I would love that. It'd be nice to know. And it's supposed to be nice weather, yeah. according to Andy. Yeah. There you go. Tree lovers. All Foliage right. freaks. Hugs. I love hugs, that. Hugs. Love that. <laughs> All right. What else we got? Uh, we got another special weekend. Um, this always confuses me, but St. Patrick's Day is next Friday, yes. a week from today. But the parade is tomorrow, actually. It's going through downtown. Take the kids. Celebrate Irish heritage. Um, maybe see some folks get a little too drunk. In the streets. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> My struggle is St. Patrick's Day is on a Friday and it's Lent, so I can't eat corned beef on Friday because you can't eat meat on Fridays. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. I would argue that that's the most Irish Catholic thing of all, <laughs> that you, you have to... It's a conundrum. Yes. Or eat, eat no beef corned beef. I love corned beef, though. But That's the, the only thing the... I like about my own holiday is that the food is delicious. But eat the, the fake... Corned beef. I'm going to a they fish fry. A really great plant-based Reuben at this place, Gladys, in the um, Edgewater Marketplace. I've heard that, huh. Paul, and I want to believe you, but it's, I just good. Corn beef good. is very beefy. It's hard to replace corned <laughs> yes. beef, but this but is I a fun try. event. I yeah. might try. Okay, but yeah. you know the, the the it's on Saturday because isn't it always on Saturday the parade? Is the parade on Saturday? Yes, it is. It is okay. tomorrow Saturday. I'm sorry. Uh, it's usually the week folks. before. Um, which is still confusing. Oh. I don't know why they do it, but anyway, it's it's tomorrow. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. It's after St. Patrick's Saint Day. Patty's Day. Okay. What's well, before? St. Patty's no, is next is, Friday. Okay. The parade is this tomorrow. Oh. And St. Patrick's St. Patty's isn't until next Friday. Okay. But that's because the parade is usually on a Saturday. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. So it's it's yeah. this coming uh-huh. Saturday. Yeah. So it would have to be tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In order to. You okay, know, I got, I got the, it. Yeah, I'll go yeah. and eat my corned beef on Saturday, and then next Friday I can do my fish fry. Thank you. When is Lent time? over, by the way? Easter, April, April. Oh, so you got a ways to go. I do. Oh. I do. Oh. Okay, what's our what's our last pick, Adrian? I got one more for you. It's going down tomorrow at Tracks. There is a drag show, uh, and this one is particularly put together. Uh, for the Yes for Parks and Homes. So they're promoting oh. a particular vote for the old uh, Park Hill golf course. Mm. Um, a little confusing to me, but I would love to hear what you guys think. It's a vote yes on 2-0. We got seven drag performers at tracks, and uh, my homie, DJ Buddy Bravo, is actually DJing. He puts on a great party. Buddy. I am so conflicted about this <laughs> presentation of a the Paul. drag community and yes on homes and parks when yes tell I, me more about that i can't tell you more about it <laughs> well so this is uh the parks and hit park the park hill golf course maybe the most controversial issue in the city right now um the question to redevelop it it's going to be on the ballot in april and uh we have world-class drag performers promoting it i, I, I requested that we talk about this because i wanted to hear what you two think i think it's absurd that this is happening and fascinating and i would love to be there well i want to know why the drag queens are or and drag kings i assume are why why are they great question why okay very conflicted about this community coming out 
are being paraded out as part of the support for this very controversial issue. Right. It just feels hinky in a way I can't explain. I don't love it. I don't love it. Yeah, I mean, if you go to the drag show, are you saying that you're for the Park Hill? I don't know. Do you want to support Question your friends? 20? Yeah, I. It's, I mean, it's big it names, conf- buddy. Do you, gonna, so do you think they're going to have the developer come out about? halfway through oh, and do a little Lord. talk? Like, <laughs> affordable housing, here's why it's or important. Or come out in drag. No, well, that, that would be really cool. I would yeah. be interested in yeah. West Side Drag. Yeah. I have a feeling that's not it. No. I don't think that's no. what's going to happen. No, I don't it's think so either. either. I don't, I don't I think just, you're going to be hearing about area median income either. I don't know. Something doesn't sit right here. It is on. So I would that would not be my so pick for the weekend. Not us, that I don't want to support all those performers and no shade to those performers. They're all wonderful, amazing people. This is more of a political conundrum I'm having here. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. So we got Restaurant Week. We got the Tree Conference at the Botanic Gardens. We got St. Patrick's Day Parade and the drag performers for the Park Hill Golf Course Redevelopment. I'm really a Restaurant Week guy. I really want to try some stuff I haven't tried. I think for me, I mean, that drag show sounds incredibly interesting. I am not. Um, we don't that have to pick that. We don't have to pick that one. Paul. That's okay. We don't have to pick that one. It's that, too controversial. Um, the other one that's uh, grabbing- It's not controversial because it's a drag show. It's controversial because it's about a golf course vote. <laughs> and, I want to clarify, if, this is not about the performers. could see yes. Bree's face. She oh, got really like, serious when she was like, you know, I, I, just, I don't know I saw those this. ads. Those ads were promoted to me on Twitter and I just did not like it. I was like, I don't like pushing the arts community yeah. into, and the queer community into this really controversial situation. It's not fair. Because well, it makes it look as though the queer community supports that's this. That's exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, right. I can't yeah. speak for the queer community. I agree with you. I think that's not thinky. one. I think that's out. Okay. Okay. Uh, Apollo, wait. No, that's okay. okay. I'm not going to make a case for it. Um, <sighs> the tree conference is the other one that grabs me. Of course, the restaurant week and the St. Patrick's Day parade would would definitely be fun. I have never been to the parade. Where are you landing? I I've never been to the parade here. I've been to uh, you know, like the one in New York and a few other larger cities, which are always fun. But I'm not a big fan of huge crowds. Mm. Of yeah. drunk people, yeah. I mean I'm that just you. doesn't that doesn't do it for me. The parade usually is not full of drunk people. That's that's the Friday next weekend. I think the parade's usually families. That's it's, true. it's early in the morning. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. it's a little less oh, okay. like wild party time. Okay, all right. I just but it is I, a big crowd. Yeah, I'm not too freaked out by a big big crowd. I'm I just don't like being in drunk crowds. But um, <laughs> I like St. Patty's Day Parade, but I think tree diversity is so different. Yeah, that's the one that right, I squares. am feeling. <laughs> All right, foliage, ex- foliage freaks. Well, when you said it, I, per- I, you know, I perked up. I was like, oh, wow, no, I do that's love the gardens programming. I'm yeah. with you. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's All right. I, I'll roll along with you too in the in the tree conference. <laughs> At the Denver Botanic Gardens. Let's the, make like a tree and leave. Yeah. They also have a nice uh, restaurant there, offshoots. They I do. always enjoy yeah, getting a meal do. there. So. And if some of it is going to be outdoors, that, that's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and the next time you're at the gardens, you could just walk through and go, oh, I know what that, I know what that is. And you start lecturing you get to, to be your a friends. know-it-all. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> okay. yes. All right, Deal. and there you have it. The official CityCast Denver maybe for your weekend, but there's way more where that came from. Adrian's got plenty more recommendations in our newsletter, Hey Denver, which you can subscribe to right now by texting Denver to 66866. Adrian, Bree, Joanne, that's the show. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. It's been real. Thanks, Paul. 
thanks Joanne for coming back and yeah. thanks Adrian. Yeah, please ask me back again. Oh, always. Oh, we'll see you next month. Joanne. All right. Okay. <laughs> Bye everyone. And that's all for the week here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, Aaron O'Toole, and J.D. Lopez. Adrian Gonzalez writes our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mocachetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at CityCast Denver, and tell a friend about us the next time you see them, especially if they don't pick up their dog's poop. You can sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866 and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. And keep your eyes on the feed. This weekend, we've got a couple more mayoral candidates to introduce you to, Kwame Spearman and Terrence Roberts, both super interesting people. Good conversations. Hope you enjoy it. Bye. Bye.